just like that, the final hour is here. Thursday edition, March Madness, tip-off edition across the country. Glad you're with us. Hutton Withrow here, 6th and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We have four games final. We have four, great, four games in progress. The big upset today, Chad, Furman, they knock out Virginia by one, 68-67. They advance to take on the winner of the game that's currently ongoing between San Diego State and Charleston in the second half. An update on that matchup momentarily. Maryland, they they win over West Virginia by two, 67-65. The Mountaineers were rolling in the first half. In fact, four points. That's how much Maryland had put on the scoreboard with 11 minutes remaining in the first half. They come back to win by two, 67-65. for a long time in that game. Really had a hard time getting going. But this tournament did not have a difficult time getting going. No. The first two games were great. Awesome. Yeah. Missouri, uh, they can they win. They win easily over Utah State. It was a back-and-forth matchup for a while. The Tigers pulled away. They win by 12, 76-65. And Kansas rolls without Bill Self, a storyline that continues. Um, they win 96-68 over Howard. The in-game scores with more. Here's Davey Hudson. Thanks, Hut. Right now, as you mentioned, four games currently in progress. The one that will likely be ending first, Alabama up 73-52 to over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. There's nine minutes, 30 seconds left in that one. We also have a close game, definitely one to monitor the five-seed San Diego State, currently leading Charleston 45-39. to We just hit the under 12 on that one. And now another game that's actually a lot closer than many of the experts thought, Arizona, the two-seed up 31 to 28 over Princeton. We're getting close to halftime on that one. And then our last game of the early slate, we have the 8-9 matchup of your 8-seed Arkansas Razorbacks leading 19 to 10 over the 9-seed Illinois fighting Illini. This expert did not think that this game would not be close because we bet Princeton plus 15 and a half That's right. against Arizona. So we fully expected this to be a close contest. One quick correction, by the way. Okay. Alejandro Avila without kick, yes. wants to correct. He was watching the show. Good. Wants, wants to correct Armando Salguero in saying that. And I, I, I kind of rolled my eyes when I heard this too and thought twice about it. Jiu-jitsu is Japanese. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is something different. So well, the origins Brazilian of jiu-jitsu jiu is, is Japanese. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is all over yes. UFC, MMA, uh, Gracie's. When he said, uh, Gracie did you others. know jiu-jitsu was from Brazil? I thought, I'm like, well, jiu-jitsu is a Japanese term. There is Brazilian jiu-jitsu that's a different form of it. Right, that and that's you hear what about Tua's doing. UFC. He's, so. tra he, he's training that for his concussions. Again, like, Look, it's we, crazy to put... We want to we wanna put it out there. I, I, you know, not, no, not when we screw up, when one of our guests mess up. We want to point out the fact that our guest messed up. So well, <laughs> that's what we do. So thank you, Alejandro, for bringing that to our attention. Hit us up at Outkick360. Chad, uh, we are betting the board without kick bets we are going to bet every game of the ncaa tournament and so for reference the first eight games the afternoon slate chad took those eight games i've handed off the the final eight games tonight we'll update on that as well are we about to break even though based on the current results so let's go right down the list west virginia maryland loss virginia Furman under loss by and a point and a half and barely Missouri Moneyline, Utah State, Let's go. W. There we go. Kansas. There we go. Beating the you-know-what out of Howard. Win. 
Alabama currently up 23 on Howard. <laughs> look at the spread. Looking good. It's like 20, 22 <laughs> Vegas and a half. always knows. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, but looking good right now, you sure. know, within reach. Sure. San Diego State minus five and a half, currently leading by seven over Charleston. That's going to come down to the wire, just like all of them. Vegas do. Make it eight points. Princeton looking good, hanging in with Arizona okay. at plus uh, 14. We took Princeton. And, um, and Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas, Illinois coming up as well. Arkansas. Or did we take Arizona on that? No, we, we took Princeton. Yeah, we have Princeton plus the points, and we have Arkansas and Illinois. We have Arkansas and the Razorbacks minus one and a half in that game. It took me a while to figure out where our bet was. It's Oh, it's to the right, <laughs> that graphic. We do have I Princeton. saw the games. I we do have Princeton. Oh, there it is. Okay, there we go. Um, so uh, hopefully Princeton continues to uh, stay close with Arizona in that. Uh, later today, we have uh, Auburn Moneyline. That will tip off just after we leave the air in a little over an hour. Um, I believe uh, 6, uh, 6.15 Eastern is when they tip off. Oral Roberts, I'm taking the points against Duke. I get it. A lot of people riding with Duke. I think Oral Roberts, and I, I'm thinking from two years ago, Chad, we had a watch party here without kick. Our first week with Clay. They beat Ohio State. Yeah. Tyler yeah. Castle, our right. producer, very upset with that. Texas and Colgate, you disagree here. I'm taking Texas minus the points. It's minus three and a, uh, 13 and a half. Wish it was three and a half. Minus 13 and a half. I don't disagree Colgate. with that. I, okay. I think they'll win by by that. Okay. Colgate is known for keeping it close. We'll see. Opening Colgate's round. five man is their best three-point shooter. And everyone on the floor will shoot nothing but threes. And they can all shoot it. And their center is their best shooter. Northwestern and Boise. I'm taking the under 137 and a half. This is a, this is a football game. To me, that's why that's why I'm, I'm viewing everything in the paint with uh, a, a lot of teams that it's a, a defensive battle. Houston and the Norse of uh, Northern Kentucky. Uh, Darren Horn, the head coach there, yeah. is the 16th former seed Western Houston. Kentucky and South Carolina. Head I'm coach. betting the first half spread minus ten and a half in the first half for the Cougars of Houston, Tennessee, and Louisiana. I want to say Louisiana Lafayette. They go by the University of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, the 13th seed. A popular upset pick. I'm taking the points, not the money line. I'm getting 11.5 with Louisiana plus Texas A&M money line as they'll tip off late tonight against Penn State. That's going to be a great game. And UNC Asheville because I know Chad has them with the upset over UCLA. I wish the points were Furman, a little you more. You with me. I'm taking yeah. UNC Asheville for you. Well, I like the, you know, the chance if you're going to pick a huge upset of that one, but I wish it was more like 20, not 17.5. Yeah. And I'd feel much better about that. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick 360. Again, well, tomorrow we've got you live coverage throughout the day as the tournament continues. And we'll bet every single game along the way as well. Chad, uh, the regional sports networks, we're, we're seeing the bankruptcy. And Michael McHenry hit on this a bit. But the Major League Baseball has a chance to grab hold of the regional games. Your favorite team's game. And make sure that every fan has an opportunity to watch every single game, regardless of where you're trying to stream it or watch it based on your location. The blackouts, for instance. Those have to stop. And the money that was pouring in, it's no longer there based on what was paid uh, to Fox and, and everyone involved with the regional sports networks. Bally is under. They paid $10 billion. Uh, through the company to get that. This is a chance for MLB to make it right with the structure of things. But keep in mind that 
uh, McHenry yesterday made, made a point of Major League Baseball wants a hand in everything. They're controlling the umpires now. They're trying to get a, a, a reach of what college is doing and what high school is doing as far as the governing body is concerned. The, uh, uh, the control over the networks is next and the TV rights. I do think this is the best path, though, where you have the owners involved negotiating with major networks and, better yet, streaming services. And this is right up your alley for where Apple TV and others could take this. See, I think the most profitable situation is the one they've had with the regional sports networks. That's what's best for the money yeah, for Major for, League Baseball. Right. What's best for availability probably isn't that. But I don't know that there's a way now to make it perfect where Major League Baseball is going to rake in the cash they have from these regional deals for each team. An example. Let's say they go the MLS route and they decide to partner with Apple Plus, Apple TV, and you get every single Major League Baseball game on Apple TV. And with the partnership, you pay a premium amount for your team's games, and you get to watch all of them on streaming on Apple. It'd be huge for Apple, who, again, has no catalog they go into this with. Yeah. Everything they create on their own. This would give them a lot of inventory to sell for subscriptions to sell for premium packages for the teams, all of that. But is that going to be as profitable for Major League Baseball as what they've had? I don't think so. And what Michael's saying, you know, McHenry, if you go into this monopoly situation where Major League Baseball controls everything, I don't know how they make that work, where they're really going to make the same amount of money they would when these huge networks, regional sports companies, when they're handing over a check to them. They're selling all their ads. They're getting all the subscriptions. Can Major League Baseball do that and make as much money? I, I don't know. So that's one to follow. I, I am intrigued by a one-stop shop for Major League Baseball, whether that be Apple or Prime or whatever, where you pay into a subscription and you decide, I'm going to watch every Philadelphia Phillies game this year, and I'm going to pay $300 to do it, or I'm going to pay X amount to do this. Or buy games. How much money could Apple yeah. and Major League Baseball make with that? There's ads. It's going to be ad-supported, just like the regional network. So you're selling ads on top of it for both Apple and baseball. Right. Could there be not just a straight pay-for-play, you know, network pays the, the league and they get the rights, but a partnership where you're splitting almost everything because this would be a huge get for Apple and it would be a one-stop shop for distribution for Major League Baseball. There has to be a path for that. And in the meantime, Major League Baseball has said they're going to step in if, in fact, they get to a point where Diamond Sports can't distribute these games. The quote was, Major League Baseball is ready to pr produce and distribute games to fans in their local markets in the event that Diamond or any other regional sports network is unable to do so as required by their agreement with our clubs. So they're going to hold them to the fire on that. But at the same time, they're that the league is going to step in and make sure that their fans can watch the games. Beyond that, um, $8 billion in debt currently for Diamond Sports. $8 billion. It was acquired for just a tad over $10 billion in this deal back in 2019. Then COVID hits and everything else comes. Chad, they, they have an opportunity to just step in and produce these games and then work out a deal further down the road, which is going, I believe, more beneficial than whatever the bid would be right now based on the fact that you have a company getting out that's $8 billion in debt for your product. 
I would produce it and then sell it a season or two from now and see what you have and see what the model is for MLB.tv or anyone else that's uh, not ESPN with Sunday Night Baseball, right? Like, I would make sure that the fan base gets a bang for their buck and then you sell it and make a similar type of profit, maybe not as much, similar type of profit to a company that's going to distribute this the same way you want it to be distributed. It also could be a great chance for experimentation. And what I mean by that is you've got this company that's bankrupt now. If there's, let's say, a few of these regional partnerships that say, well, we can't do it this year. Major League Baseball saying, right. we're promising the clubs yeah. we're going to carry the games right. one way or the other. Okay, let's take those six clubs and put them on Apple. And that's Major League Baseball's Band-Aid this year but it's also an experiment to see how it goes. Are there big-time latency issues? Are there issues with people subscribing to get the games? You can do it that way, dip your toes in the pool, and then a year from now, two years from now, go off the high dive and get every single game and every single team on one of these giant streamers. But why can't you go with the, the, the networks that have been with you forever, with ESPN, with Disney, and, and with Fox Sports? and say, hey, let's come together and make sure that we're streaming every game. If it's not on your network, we're supplying it through one of your yeah, online properties. I, I think through, so through Fox, you know, they could do it with Hulu, let's say. Yep. Well, no, Hulu's now in the Disney bundle, so scratch that. Uh, it, the, uh, the most likely Tubi. scenario would be... You could go be, on Tuvi, or you could go online at foxsports.com, for instance. But the, Again, to me, like, the most likely scenario, if you're just going streamer, would be like an ESPN+. Plus. Right. Right, you go on ESPN, and then yep. you can get the games that way for the first year. That's how I would handle it's, it. It's it's interesting to follow because I also understand you're trying to make sure that they come to their end of the of the agreement, which is yeah. you're going to produce these games even if you're under Chapter Eleven. Yeah, and it's it's also it's just uh, it could make an Apple more of a destination. And what I mean by that is, you know, now if I'm watching a Braves game, just personal experience. Got the game on, I'll put on the later innings, whatever, on the summer night, right, and watch the game. But I'm also flipping back or doing something else or going to a separate streamer. Well, if you're going to Apple TV to watch the Chicago Cubs and you're watching that game, you're not bouncing around as much, I've yeah. found, when you go to a streamer. So it does kind of – baseball is great background music for a, a summer night just to put a game on. Yep. Apple being a part of that would be huge for them. But is it the most profitable for Major League Baseball would be the question. I don't know. I don't know if any bid is going to be great for them right now, given this. Right? I also think that they need to keep in mind... 2019 for $10 billion, and now they're $8 billion in debt in their Chapter 11. If you're the NFL right now, you can focus solely on profits and what's making the most money. If you're Major League Baseball, you have to take a more holistic approach in that it can't just be about the bottom line and the profit. You also have to think about how do we not have this game die? How do we expand the game? How do we get younger viewers? How do we help the growth of the game internationally? Yeah. How do we help the growth of local fan bases in certain places? How do we help the growth of fans of Major League Baseball nationally where you know the league and you don't just know your team? And it's, These are all questions they've got to ask themselves. And I mean, it's, it's a wealthy ownership group that's looking at a Super Bowl rating, right? We're over... 115 million are yep. watching. And you also have to look in the mirror and think, we averaged 11 million watching the World Series game last year. Like It's a very different negotiation for them. That's, that's the big takeaway. Is that you have to understand the value of the 
daily local market versus the national market. I would lean into the national providers, though, that are putting out the content to then make sure that the local markets are well served for your fan. Those are your diehard fan bases. Yeah. Right? And, and the, the diehards are, those are the fans that are paying for the subscriptions that are making the money that allow these regional sports networks at the time to be worth $10 billion in distribution. And they've got to up the price on that, but they can only do that based on making sure that their product is distributed the proper way. And we're just days away now from opening day, and a I, couple I, weeks. And I do think that the benefit of Major League Baseball is it is in a bit of a sports desert sure. in, in the heat yeah. of it, right? Not in October. You know, we've talked a lot about that. People shift their attention to football but, in September – and it's not the same for the playoffs, but in the middle of the season... You're watching a good two-thirds of the Braves, though. You're yeah, keeping they're, tabs they're in on, a bit of a desert. You're turning to the channel. But only the Braves, right? I'm not right. paying attention exactly. to everything else exactly. or watching you know, random games. But here's what, you, what everyone has to deal with now. It's the specter of the NFL and football in general. And then how do you get a piece of that pie? Example, over 500,000 people were watching Pat McAfee's show on YouTube alone when Aaron Rodgers made his announcement, when he was a guest there. That's more than almost every national NHL game this year. In the middle of the afternoon on YouTube, because Aaron Rodgers was talking on Pat McAfee. That is what NHL, Major League Baseball, a lot of these leagues yeah. that are the part of the big four, that's the uphill climb they're dealing with. Yeah, and, it, and we'll see this in real time play out as they, they file for Chapter 11 right on the heels, the 11th hour prior to the start of the baseball season. We get you live scores. Plus, we give you the very latest on NFL free agency, all the rumors with Odell Beckham Jr., Ezekiel Elliott. What's the latest with Aaron Rodgers and more? That's straight ahead on Outkick 360. These games final in your bracket, Kansas. One seed. No Bill Self today. They win 96-68 over Howard. Furman. A three-pointer wins it. 68-67 over Virginia. The Paladins advance to take on the winner of Charleston and San Diego State. An update on that game momentarily. Missouri. They down Utah State 76-65. And Maryland wins by two over West Virginia 67-65. Uh, the in-game scores right now. Here's Davey Hudson. Thank you, Hutton. A&M, Corpus Christi, about to go final. They are losing to Alabama, 91-70. to 70. I know, Chad, you're kind of sweating that one out whenever it comes Let's to go. the bet. But uh, we'll need, need a little bit more for you to get to that one. So we're, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm rooting for you. Uh, other game right now at the under-four timeout, San Diego State leading Charleston, 53-49. to 49. And then at halftime, we have Arizona, 31 to Princeton, 30. Only a one-point lead for the two-seed out there in the West. And then for Arkansas, they have a 10-point lead with 30 seconds left over Illinois, 36 to 26. Yeah, first half in that Arkansas-Illinois game. Yeah, I was yeah. Sorry, Double sorry, check yes. First half there. What, like, wait, what did I say? You just said I just, 30 okay. seconds left. Uh, so like, I admitted the first half part. Kind of a crucial detail there. That one's on me, fellas. Well, that is a low score if that's the Chad, end of the game. I, I, uh, that, I thought for a second, I'm like, that reminds me of my, my grandmother had a final score of like 36-26. Half-court basketball when she was in high school. Yeah, that was it. Like, I, I think we uh, Evie lost a game this year, 36-26 <laughs> at some point, too. I'm, I'm kidding. They never scored that many points. That was softball, They never basketball. They never scored that many. Yeah, we score more in softball than basketball at this age. How about the halftime score? 
score with Arizona. And this Alabama A and M Corpus Christi thing in terms of gambling is oh. really going to make me mad because this was a twenty point game at halftime, and I had them. I think minus twenty two and a half or twenty three. I have it as twenty three and a half. It's twenty three and a half. It is ninety one to seventy with a minute twenty two left. There's no way we're winning this bet. There's just no way. That's fair enough. And that really bothers me. It was a twenty point game at halftime. Brandon Miller is still on the floor with no points, Chad. On the court, Brandon Miller, 0 for 5, with 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He has 3 fouls, no points. I'm fascinated by that. Sears is the leading scorer, followed by Quinterly and Clowney. They're all on the court right now, up by 21, so there's still a chance. There's two really good games going on right now. San Diego State, Charleston, and they're at the under 4 timeout with San Diego State up 2. And then um, that Princeton-Arizona game is one to watch. We we got yeah. we have Princeton in our our betting the entire board to cover thirteen and a half. That's a one point game at halftime. Could be a money line, yeah. If you yeah. take the money line, you're feeling pretty good right now. Um, Iona with Patino. Chad said yesterday, low key, he loves Rick Patino. I agree with him. He love hearing the the interviews and the the personality. He just looks cool. The, there's just uh, something about him too on the sideline. Yeah, there's a swag chewing the to gum. Him. You're but right. I'm like, I've just always liked him. You said the thirst is real, and you're right. Uh, following everything since for for St. John's. He was asked directly uh, since yesterday about his comments regarding St. John's and the opening. He says, he Jeff Goodman tweeted out, it's going to take a special place for me to consider leaving. And, of course, the responses on this, they all have the St. John's campus where he's never visited, he said. Uh, they all have pictures of the St. John's campus. It'll be very special for him. That's a prediction. It'll be like Rodgers coming out of the darkness retreat and knowing that he wants to play for the New York Jets, even though the New York Jets were the only team involved in a trade scenario for him. What are the odds? Well, and it's not what, just... What are the odds that that would happen? What are the odds that Rick Pitino visits the campus and he loves it? Well, what are the odds that he loves Lubbock also? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the only option. Uh, what about Austin? Providence could be in play. I mean, is Georgetown going to be in play? If Texas loses in the opening round, is Patino in play there? I don't. I think Rick Patino wins anywhere. I don't see Rick Patino in Lubbock. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think he would win. But of all the places he could they, end up, he's been at Providence before. So oh, you know, Providence, uh, St. John's. We should go back through the list. The and way, have the video of everywhere he's been. The Metro Conference. He said he's the a, MAC, the MAAC, the SEC. He listed everything. The Big East. Yeah, it was like he was defending the hire of Dow Loggins at South Carolina as tight ends coach. He uh, he wants St. John's. You can tell. I mean, I, I that's the most likely scenario, um, and that would be a great hire for St. John's. He's not being asked about. But I would just. I, I think. I think that there's leverage for him at this point where he had none when he took the Iona job. That was the best he was going to get. Well, they continue to win. At that point. And they get UConn with a chance to, you know, make some more noise before he heads to Queens to coach St. John's. Alabama, I believe, has gone final. Let me scroll down here. And Guys, I got some bad yes, news. They won they, by 21. They won by 22. They hit a buzzer as time expired to hit the cover. They They covered. Or uh, sorry, Corpus Texas, Christi. Corpus Christi covered by hitting a three at the buzzer. They win by twenty-two, so they were covering. Let's go to break. Alabama was covering, <laughs> and then Corpus Christi. It's break down by what twenty-five? Were they down twenty-five? They win by twenty-two. Alabama does. Yes. They, <laughs> it's break. <laughs> we got a minute sorry, left they, in this they were game too. I want to watch the end of this game. Twenty-four. 
Alabama's up 24. I've got no will to live anymore after the start well, to the day and then this. Let me tell you what's wrong. I want to at least go 4-4 four and four on my picks. I, I, I think I still have a chance at that. Don't know that I'm going to get there with San Diego State unless they take off here. In this last minute, 42, it's tied right now. Yeah. Um, that's tough. That's, that's tough. So tough Alabama to goes final. Auburn is coming up um, as uh, the Tigers – will be, after apparently cheering for the Crimson Tide, the belief is the Crimson Tide will cheer for Auburn. At least that's what Bruce Pearl uh, was asked about based on Charles Barkley's comments. Let me tell you something. Charles Barkley loves the state of Alabama. He loves Auburn first. There's no question about that. But he's, pretty been, he's been pretty loyal to our state. And all I can say about Charles Barkley is he's going to tell you what he thinks, whether you like it or not. And so if he said that Alabama, he thinks Alabama's going to win the tournament, he's not doing it for any other reason than that Charles thinks they're going to win it. Yeah, um, Chad, to the point where we have Auburn players even telling media members, yeah, I'm rooting for Alabama uh, moving forward. What? Are you kidding me? War Eagle and Crimson Tide, and you have uh, Zepp Jasper saying, quote, I'm actually cheering for Alabama. I want to see them win. I want to see them have success because they're another team from Alabama. That from an Auburn basketball player. What? I mean, you know, this is like in Civil War times. How did Barkley know this? Talking about your cousin that defected and went north or south and you're on the other side uh, and you're fighting in Antietam. And you say, you know, I'm just really rooting for this guy because he's also Vicksburg. from Kentucky. Yeah. You know, we're just two boys from Kentucky. <laughs> Either side that wins, whether I die or he does, doesn't matter. Just someone just from Kentucky. Stand back and watch the damnedest fight you ever someone saw. Someone from Kentucky needs to needs to win this fight. Francois von Schmidow never would have taken this no. approach. No, this, and, I, oh, and let me say, 1998 version of Withrow and Hutton no. would fight these players this is, based on this. This is nothing but hogwash. Yes. That is a ridiculous statement. It, the only solace you have if you're Auburn and you lose in the first round is that Alabama also doesn't reach their goals and loses. That's it. The moment your team loses, do you know what you do? You go and check what's going on with your rival and you pray that they lose. It's, it, it, it's called schadenfreude. This is what goes on in sports. Well, It's happened forever. Chat. You want your rival to lose. I don't want to hear about this from Bruce Pearl. Who is it? Zepp Jasper? Zepp Jasper. That's a stupid name, and this is a stupid idea well, from Zepp that but, he thinks that Alabama, that Auburn should root for Alabama to win because they're in the same state. Let's also just take That's it why a step you don't further. root for them, by the way. There's a reason why the nation is rooting against Alabama. Yeah. Because Brandon Miller has not done anything but play and win. Since January, he's won everywhere, but since January 15th when this uh, murder took place, where there are capital murder charges on two men, including one former Alabama basketball player that was supplied the gun based on Brandon Miller driving his vehicle back to the scene after receiving a text message from Darius Miles. And we still, it, not even just some random, this isn't Corpus Christi with a player in a quote post game after Alabama wins. This is Auburn basketball player Zepp Jasper with a quote. I'm actually cheering for Alabama. I want to see them win. Are you kidding me? It's, it's utterly ridiculous. And I'll go back to, again, the, the, one of the reasons it's not, you're saying because they're from Alabama, I root for them. That's the reason you root against them, right? You've got to go to church with uh, the other opposing team's fan base. You're around them at work. You go and play summer basketball oh. with them. 
you want them to lose for the very reason you're saying you want them to win because you want to own the state of Alabama. You want to be the most talked about best team in Alabama. You certainly don't root for your arch rival that's in your state to win for that very reason. This is preposterous on so many levels. Also preposterous is me about to lose another bet with San Diego State and Charleston. Well, as I eye this game, preposterous is how Vegas knows these matchups before they're, they've even been played. It's like they've no, it's like they've already been tipped. These computers, man, AI. It's incredible. Chat GPT. They know the line before you know anyone else. Uh, they can write the recap right now. It's for like Sports the NFL with their scripts. Yeah, they, right now they they're writing the recap of Alabama's game for Sports Illustrated. I wonder what Kalani Clark thought for Virginia when he got his script this morning about how this game was going to end for him and his his career at Virginia. Uh, the New York Probably Post, not happy. Uh, they're not writing things through, well, I would presume they're not, based on headlines and photos. Here's the cover from Aaron Rodgers, uh, New York Papers. A real shot in the arm uh, is uh, the back cover <laughs> That's good. for the Post based on Rodgers' comments yesterday about wanting to play for Woody Johnson's Jets. Uh, that's also great because Woody Johnson of Johnson & Johnson is among those pushing everything versus yeah. what Aaron Rodgers is standing for. Made a lot of money off that virus. And, uh, well, we're going reverse. I'm sorry. That was the New York Daily News. Now it's the New York Post. Jet set. Aaron Rodgers, I want to be Gang Green's Top Gun. They have the Top Gun parody with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, New York Daily News is the best. Aaron Rodgers now with the, the haircut arm. does kind of look like he could be a fighter pilot. A naval aviator, I should say. He has that look about him. I think Rodgers has a look that could fit in with pretty much anything. You love him, is what you're saying. I, I you, would, you, love, you think he looks cool the way I think Rick Pitino looks cool. Sure. That's I, what I'm I hearing. would say the Jets need to trade for him based on whatever the Packers are trying to hold them to. Um, because otherwise, you're going to end up with, what, either a trade scenario for Ryan Tannehill... Or what? So I couldn't really chime in because you and Armando were doing a great job of, of battling back and forth today. Yeah. I completely disagree with Armando. On, on what the, part? On, on what you're saying, I, I agree with you. The Packers have no pressure. Yeah, it has been that, announced exactly what both sides want. Yeah. So if you're the Packers, you're just saying, give us what we're asking for, and you can have your precious quarterback. What, what is Again, what is the loss for the Packers at this point? This year's? First round pick you don't get from them. Well, you're going to get future picks whenever so the Schefter deal goes is through. Saying, my if you hold this out is from Adam Schefter on Get Up this morning, my understanding is that within the Packers organization, they feel like he is worth a package that is similar to the one the Rams once got for Matthew Stafford, which is multiple first round picks. Although the Packers feel, quote unquote, Rodgers is worth two first round picks, they're likely not going to get that, but they could get where they started off negotiations with the Jets, which is. This year's first round pick plus conditional picks based on whether or not he plays past future seasons, right? Like if he plays next season, not this upcoming, but the following season, then the Jets would give up a conditional fourth or a fifth round pick. The asking price, though, has been back and forth. You've got Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager. He said last week that the Green Bay asking price was two draft picks, at least one of them being a first rounder. And then, and then from there, it would be dependent on the negotiation, fourth, fifth, sixth-round pick moving forward. So they're not wanting to give up their first-round pick. Yeah, I, I just I, I think the keep Packers, in mind that, the Packers that, know what they are with Brett Jordan Favre Love. was traded for a fourth that was a conditional third based on playing time with the Jets when they made Rodgers the starter. 
Similar scenario, same organization, same value to the franchise. Rodgers is saying he's the best player ever. Favre would have done that too. And the Jets are saying, we're not going to give you a fourth, or excuse me, not going to give you a first based on the fourth we traded years ago for Brett Favre. Packers know who they are with Jordan Love. This is my point. They're not good. They know it deep down. I'm not saying teams are tanking or that they're trying to lose. Right. But they know they're an average football team in that division at best with Jordan Love. They've had him around long enough to know this. The Jets are all in right now. The Packers will go all in again when they get the right quarterback and they get in the right situation. Their Aaron Rodgers era has ended with one Super Bowl ring with Aaron Rodgers. It's over. They know it's over. They want it to be over. So what's the rush? Because Aaron Rodgers says they need to move along and move on with it and make the move, they have no pressure on them. They know exactly what they're going to be this year. They can put their asking price out there, demand the Jets meet it, or they don't get their quarterback and their chance at a Super Bowl. It's that simple. The Jets aren't going to do that. They're going to cave at some point because they well, know they have to have Aaron Rodgers. Well, and they also know this isn't you know, the, the version of the league that traded Brett Favre. Because if you're me and I'm any team and I've been mandating, teams should be putting bids on Lamar Jackson for two first-rounders. Russell Wilson was traded for a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and further picks to Denver in exchange for, uh, what, a first and second rounder last year, this year, and a fourth rounder from last year as well. Deshaun Watson, the Browns gave up three future first-round picks, plus more, and a guaranteed deal for the Texans quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers, who has won, not one, but two MVPs in the last three years, going to the Jets, where Woody Johnson has said, we are going to invest in a veteran quarterback. And they're expecting not to give up one first-round pick in exchange for that. They're going to pay that price. Because we know they're the only team involved here. There's no others. How do we know that? Because Aaron Rodgers has already said which team he wants to play for. It's the Jets that are going to pay the price of the Packers. And the Packers have time. Because let me read straight from CBS Sports. When the Packers trade Rodgers, they're going to take a $40 million dead cap hit. They already know that. If the trade comes after June 1st, that hit will be split over two seasons. So they get more room to work with this year if they hold him back past June 1st. They don't get draft picks by April, but they also don't have a massive cap hit of $40 million this year post-June 1st. That hill will be split between two seasons of $15.8 million and then $24.5 million over 2024. This is through over the cap. Essentially, this means the Packers have almost all the leverage. Doing a trade now does not benefit them financially, so they'd want to make up for that in draft compensation. The Jets are going to pay, and that will be the end of this story. There's really no debate here. The Packers have the leverage, and New York will pay the price. And I'm going to give you a quick play-by-play of what's happening right now. This is one of the more interesting gambling scenarios I've ever been involved with. Okay. They just had to review a foul call to see if the foul was called before the buzzer. Wow. San so Diego State. Give the spread up, first. Give San the spread Diego first. State is up four. I'll get to that. San Diego State is up four. They get a rebound on a Charleston shot attempt. Yep. 
And Charleston is fouling, but they're not calling it. They call the foul with .7 seconds left. And it's a five and a half point spread. And San Diego State, who we had covering minus five and a half, just sunk two free throws to cover our bet for us. And all of a sudden, Chad is Because they said the foul happened before the buzzer. And ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Yes. We're back. We're back, Hutton. We're back. We're we, now on the plus side, plus money oh. on the day because of that. So everything I said that was bad about that Alabama A&M Corpus Christi in, which was terrible with the buzzer beater to sink our bet, I now have good vibes about the rest of the day because of what just happened in this game. There's, Vegas giveth. There's our bet the board for the Vegas early portion of the games. We have uh, Unbelievable. games coming up. We'll give you updates on that as well on what we're betting this evening. Uh, Chad, Ezekiel Elliott, a free agent. Tampa's mentioned. I personally think the Bills should get involved if they're not going to trade for Eckler. You need to pair him with a rookie anyway. It's a great draft for that. I would try to negotiate with Elliott and see what you can come up with there. The Bucks don't have an offensive line that Dallas did, but Buffalo's invested in their quarterback. They'll protect their quarterback. They can run the football with Elliott and with a rookie. They couldn't run it last year. Beyond that, Odell Beckham Jr. is the guy that's actually mentioned with the Bills. Three teams through Diana Rossini uh, mentioned for, uh, for Odell Beckham Jr. The Chiefs, to me, make the most sense. They've gotten rid of uh, – well, I said they've gotten rid of – they did Juju not re-sign Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. McCole Hardiman remains a free agent. Odell Beckham Jr. is available. However, he continues to say he's looking for a contract that's going to pay him 15 to $20 million per year. Good luck with that because there are more suitors that are available where he could land, and there are plenty of options for Kansas City based on all the calls that Patrick Mahomes is getting from wide receivers saying, vouch for me, I'd love to come play in KC and win a championship with the Chiefs. I would At love, minimum, I would love you're to going to the that. AFC Championship game. Well, I'd love to see Odell Beckham Jr. one time with either one of those guys, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. Less about team to me. More about who's going to be throwing on the ball. I'd love to see that. The other team, uh, Chiefs, Ravens, Cowboys, we should mention there. And, of course, Von Miller, who restructured his deal, is vouching for Odell Beckham Jr. the same way he did in L.A. whenever the Rams landed Odell. We've got full in-game scoreboards, and we'll give you the finals, plus we'll preview the evening slate of the Thursday edition of the NCAA Tournament. This is Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on the NCAA tournament scoreboards as well. We've got some fi- plenty of finals now as we'll just roll through uh, the scoreboard. Alabama wins 96-75 over A&M Corpus Christi. Nate Oates saying postgame that Brandon Miller has been battling a groin injury since the SEC tournament. And he's hoping that he will be full strength in the second round. Uh, Brandon Miller scoreless. That's a I will big say, development. I will say a groin injury he's been nursing produced... Great play in the semis and the championship game of the SEC Well, tournament. we don't know when he hurt it. He may have hurt it in the championship game. He just said yeah. since the SEC okay. t- uh, tournament. Yeah. So he may have hurt it late in the Missouri game, and this is the effects of it we're seeing now. Yeah, but he, he played. He was on the court to end the game uh, with the starters, and they win 96-75. 
and we see uh, Alabama advance to take on Maryland. Other finals, Chad, you mentioned it right before break. San Diego State, they win by six. The spread was five and a half. San Diego State, the five seed, they advance past Charleston, 63-57. From earlier, Maryland wins. They advance to take Bama, 67-65. Furman, the big upset today, 68-67 over Virginia. They win it with a three late after a turnover. Missouri, SEC well represented there in the bracket. Uh, they advance past Utah State, 76-65. And Kansas rolls over Howard. However, no Bill Self. Uh, coaching for Kansas today. Report from Jeff Goodman is self hopes to be with Kansas by Saturday. The in-game scores, we've got them for you. Here's Davey Hudson. Thanks, Hut. Two games left for this early slate, and right now Arizona, the two seed, is leading 49-41 to over the 15 seed Princeton. Uh, that one, we're halfway through the second. And then the other game, eighth seed Arkansas Razorbacks lead 40 to 33 over the ninth rank or ninth seed Illinois fighting Illini, and we are closing in on the under 16 in the second half of that one. Arkansas this, is super talented. They are a trendy team to go far. Eric Musselman's been to back to back Elite Eights. Yeah. I think so. Look, they, they've got they two lottery picks on their team. No other team in college basketball has that. Yeah. There's so no, they're, if you're going just based on sheer talent, which is what people are saying about Kentucky. Yeah. Man for man against Providence, they're better. That's why people are picking Kentucky. At least that's what I hear. I pick Providence. But we've got Arkansas with two lottery picks, and no one else has that. And but yet, I, if I, I, you I've are, overlooked them. If you are Kansas and you may not have Bill Self, that's tricky. Yeah. Round two is going to be very, very difficult to get past Arkansas for Kansas. I've got Kansas going to the Sweet 16 and then losing to UConn. So one more round, but that Arkansas game is going to be very tough if Arkansas can get past Illinois today. So we so have Arkansas one minus one and a half on the bet the board through Outkick 360. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can join us. Outkick.com slash bet. Uh, Princeton plus 13 and a half. That's looking good too. Uh, let's see. Uh, evening games. Here's our final eight games coming up later after we go off the air. Auburn Moneyline. I feel worse about this pick, Chad. I've got the final eight games today. Based on the comments that they... You know, we've got a player on Auburn's roster cheering for Alabama. Um, yeah, okay. Auburn, though, Go all Hawkeyes on that one. Over do Iowa. it for Matty Ice, but also do it because the guy for Auburn said he's going to cheer for Alabama. Uh, I took the money line with Auburn. Uh, Oral Roberts plus five and a half. Duke wins this game, but I think this is a, a great matchup. Oral Roberts in the past has always done us well. I'm shocked that line's only five and a half, by the way. Same. And that, to me, was like, what does Vegas know here? This is going to be a tight game with a minute to play. I took the five and a half. I took, I gave the points to Colgate. I'm, I'm taking Texas minus 13 and a half in that matchup. Northwestern and Boise State take the under there. It's 137 and a half as of late last night. The next one, Hutton's my favorite bet you made for Houston, tonight. Houston and Northern Kentucky. I'm betting the first half spread. 10 and a half. Minus 10 and a half for Houston. I think the Cougars lead by 11 or more by halftime. Who knows what the runs are like in the second half without Sasser. But give me Houston minus 10 and a half after 20 minutes. I'm also taking the points, however, Chad, for Louisiana. 10 and a half against Tennessee. And the final two games tonight, Texas A&M and Penn State. Give me the Aggies on the money line and UCLA, UNC Asheville. I'm taking the Cinderella's points. 17 and a half for UNC Asheville. They're going to lose by less than that. 
Hutton, we are only nearing the halfway point of day one of the NCAA tournament. These two games being played, once they're done, we're halfway through the, the first day, and we got a full slate of games tomorrow. We do. What a time of year. What a time to be alive. And thank you, officials in the San Diego State-Charleston <laughs> game. I want to take this time to thank you for awarding that foul with .7 seconds left. That helped us win our bet. Thank we'll be, you. We'll be back for the afternoon portion of tomorrow's NCAA tournament games. Join us live starting at 3 o'clock Eastern for Outkick 360. And so I thank, I thank all of you. And I am because you are.